Hey, this is Kat Lee, and you're listening to the How They Blog podcast, where I take you behind the scenes with inspiring bloggers and show you how to build a blog that makes a difference. After you listen to this episode, head over to howtheyblog.com for all the show notes, more interviews, and resources to help you grow your blog. Hey, friends. Thanks for checking in with the How They Blog podcast. I'm honestly really excited about today's guest because she is an expert on something that I know practically nothing about. So if this episode were all up to me, well, you would just be bored to tears, but it's not. Thankfully, we have Rebecca Hoffer here, and she blogs at simplyrebecca.com, and she is a Pinterest expert. And y'all, I am I need some expertness in Pinterest because I know nothing almost about it. I know that it exists and I do have a profile there, but I don't use it at all like I should, even though I have seen a ton of traffic from it. I don't know what's holding me back. I have some sort of mental block, but hopefully we will work through that today. And Rebecca has, I mean, she knows what she's talking about. She has a three-step system, and we're gonna talk through that a little bit today. And just dive into Pinterest and how it can help you in your blog or your business or whatever it is that you do online. So, Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Kat. I am super excited to be here. Well, I'd love to know, how did you get started with Pinterest? Well, like most people, I think, you know, when Pinterest first started, um, I most started... Most people pin- except me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we we formed our account and we just used it for ourselves, right? Like you pinned like a recipe that you thought looked good or maybe you pinned a bunch of DIY projects that you knew that you were never going to accomplish. Um, and it was just fun. And it was just, it was just for personal use. And I even remember when Pinterest first came out, that there was kind of this unwritten rule that you weren't supposed to pin your own content. And I remember like posting something and then on my blog and then I would go to Pinterest and just kind of wait and hope that maybe one of my blogging friends might have chosen to pin it for me. And it wasn't, it wasn't something that we really did as bloggers. Um, but I started to get into it more, especially I would even say just a year ago, getting more serious about pinning my own content and pinning my content to group boards and scheduling pins. And that has really transformed the way that my blog traffic has increased. It has transformed um, just the way that I think and feel about Pinterest. And I've been able to make that shift from using Pinterest purely for fun to using it as a marketing strategy. Well, you you really caught me at the part where you said scheduling pins. Now, maybe everyone else in the world knows how to do this, but I, I don't. And I'm all about scheduling things. So how do you schedule? Is that something built into Pinterest or is that something? I mean, you're probably like, wow, you really don't know anything. Bad. <laughs> My goodness. Um, no, how do you how cur- do you do that? Yeah, currently there is not a way to schedule pins within the parameters of Pinterest. So you have to use a third-party app or website. Um, And there are several different ones out there. Um, Viral Tag is one, and um, that is a paid service. I think their smallest plan will give you about three scheduled pins per day. Um, There's another one, Viral Woot, and that service is free, and I think you would get about three pins per day um, with that one. Um, But the one that I personally love is Ahology. Okay, spell that for me. Ahology is A H A. 
L-O-G-Y. Okay. And with a Hology, you can schedule, I think it's 20 to 25 pins per day. And they also have a network system that you can find um, find other bloggers that have maybe a similar niche to you and pin from there. Um, it really is, it, it has a bit of a learning curve, but it really is a phenomenal service for it being 100% free. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, if you can schedule 25 pins a day, how do you find 25 pins? Or maybe that's something that other people can do, but I, I can't. How, how do you, do you have a system for finding content to pin or do you just kind of scroll through your feed and, and whatever strikes you? Well, for myself, um, I'm scheduling some of my own content as well as other people's content. And I think that that's the key for bloggers doing this as a marketing strategy is you want to make sure that you are truly pinning your own content. And so that you don't annoy your followers, you want to make sure that you are pinning other people's content as well. I would say that a 50 to 50 ratio is pretty good. Um, You want to aim for something around that. Now myself, I'm only sending out about 10 pins or maybe less per day. And that really all depends on, I mean, there's so many different factors to like how many pins per day that you want to send out. How much time do you have? Um, how, how much pinnable content do you have in your archives? You know, are you just starting out or do you, do you, does your content not have a lot of graphics that look good that wouldn't translate well on Pinterest? Maybe perhaps how much time do you have or how much money you have to pay a virtual assistant to do pinning for you? Um, so that that's one part of it. And then to find pins that fit your niche, within Ahology, there's a way that you can actually favorite other people who are using the same service. And that they'll pull up like a news feed for you, very similar to what you would find on your Pinterest feed. And from there, you can see specialized content yeah. of you're saying, these are these are bloggers that I want to keep an eye on. And that's mm-hmm. really very helpful. And so I guess you're saying that, that that unwritten code of not posting your own stuff, that's that's gone. That is totally gone. Good, okay. And now the big question is, can I pin the same pin more than one time to mm-hmm. the, put it on the same board more than once? And the answer to that is 100% yes. And I always tell my Pinterest consultant or clients, I always tell them to pin it the same pin more than you initially feel comfortable. And then you're probably doing okay. <laughs> Now, so then if somebody opens up that board and they see the same thing, is there a strategy for doing that where you should pin different pictures from the same post or is it just the same one? How does that work exactly? If you have different pictures that you can pin, that is an excellent thing to do. Or if you have a post that's gone pretty viral on Pinterest, creating a new graphic just for that post Mm. for the purpose of pinning again is a phenomenal strategy and it works great. Um, You can also just go back every now and again into your boards and clean them up a little bit. I'll do that for some of my clients where I'll I'll look and see, okay, how many repins does this one have? And here's the exact same pin. Um, This one has more repins, so I'm gonna delete the one that has less And just to clean things up a little bit. And if you go in and do that, maybe like once a season, that's a good idea. But it really isn't all that necessary. Okay. Um, Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your three steps to an effective Pinterest strategy. What, where do we start? So let's see if somebody's sort of pathetic. Oh, you know what? Actually, I have have another question first. I just have all these questions for you. Um, I would love to know what are some kind of percentage changes you've seen 
for yourself or for your clients once they implemented an effective Pinterest strategy. So has it been more of a gradual change or have you seen some pretty significant results from um, you know, going through these three steps? Well, I would say that for myself, the change was pretty dramatic. I started scheduling pins with Ology, and I joined some really phenomenal group boards that had some large followings. And my monthly page views have probably tripled. Wow! And that was that was the the main focus, the main thing that you were changing at that point in time when you saw that tripling. Yeah, the main thing that I was changing was scheduling pins and just being more intentional with it, as well as pinning to really quality group boards. Now, the variation here you have to keep in mind, too, is I was probably considered more of a smaller blogger to begin with. If you already have, let's say, 500,000 page views a month, then you probably won't triple that, but you should see a big increase. Pinterest is by far my my number one refer mm-hmm. in terms of social media. And I would bet that's true for a lot of people. I think it's possibly my number one as well. I'm not Maybe Facebook, I'm not sure. But for considering the time investment, you know, I don't invest a ton of time in any of the social media um, channels, but Pinterest would definitely be my very lowest, but still it's always at the top of referrers. So I know it's something that I need to invest more time in, but you know, it feels a little bit overwhelming. So I love that you have three steps. Can you walk us through those three steps? Most definitely. Okay. So the first one is perfect for you. It is um, your content and images on your blog. You can have really high referral rates from Pinterest without doing anything as long as you are rocking it on your content and your images. They say that content is king. And of course, that applies to Pinterest too. Um, One thing to keep in mind is on Facebook, people tend to share things that make them feel a certain way. But on Pinterest, people tend to share things that they want to remember something that has taught them something, something like a recipe or how to do something, a project that they want to remember, a decorating idea that they want to implement in their own homes. So within your own content, if there's any way that you can write a post that might appeal more to Pinterest audience, then I say go ahead and do it. You don't want to do anything that's off brand, but if you can create a list or share a really good recipe that that's a good idea for helping to draw in some of your some traffic from Pinterest. And then also with that, you want to have really good images. And the key to that is that you have to have an image on every single post in order for it to be pinnable. If there's no photographs or graphics at all, then somebody can come to your site, but they can't pin that post. Well, how do you so let's say I'm not let's say I am in addition to being Pinterest challenged. I'm also graphically challenged. Um, For those listening who might also be, how do they find or create good graphics? And are there any specifications for what kind of graphics are best? Like is longer better or is wider better, square, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Well, on Pinterest, um, vertical images really are better than horizontal ones. With the way that they're laid out in the newsfeed, the vertical ones just stand out so much more and they're so much bigger. So I personally always use 100% my own photographs that I have taken myself. And 
partially that's because copyright things kind of scare me mm-hmm. <laughs> and partially because I'm a little bit lazy and I feel <laughs> like it takes longer to hunt for the image on like Flickr or something that you want to use rather than just snapping it myself. I agree. So I always use all my own images. But um, even if you can't, you know, you can't find a good image that you want to use or you feel like your photography isn't any good and you don't want to use that, you can even just create just a a text image, something that Mm -hmm. just purely says the title of your post but it's still a graphic that people can pin. You can do that with PicMonkey. You can go in and create an image that is 100% text. And that's perfect for something that, you know, doesn't really have a good visual to go with it. Um, so, and you can just pull, yeah, you can just pull a quote from within your your post as well, just anything and put that on there. I love that idea because... Sometimes taking pictures and I'll tr- I'll get all perfectionistic when I'm trying to take something. Um, and so n- remembering that we can just do a text picture is is a great idea. Okay, so we get we you know put our content and our images on there. What what's the next step? Okay, so you have really good content, you have really good images. People are coming to your site and they are pinning your stuff regardless as to whether you have a Pinterest account or not. So that's working for you. So the next step is to make sure that you actually do have a Pinterest profile and you want to do profile organizing. And what I mean by that is you want to arrange your profile in ways that you can attract the right followers. It doesn't matter if you have 500,000 followers or 50,000 followers or just 50 followers, if they aren't the types of people who would normally read your blog or be interested in what you have to say, then they're not going to repin your content. And so what you want are people who will be interested in what you are interested in. So things like arranging your profile so that what you blog about, the boards that are catered to that are more at the top of your profile, having maybe a best of Cat Lee board, best of how they blog board, where they can go and see this is exactly what Cat is interested in and exactly who she is online. Yeah, I, I'm interested in following this. So you can attract the right people. That is just great. That makes the, I, I, I guess I feel like Pinterest sometimes is just this big mass of information. And so that really helps break it down for me because I've always thought, well, what do I put on my profile? What what do I name all the boards? Just all that. And so I love the idea of putting what I blog about the most at the top and then all the other stuff can go at the bottom. Now, again, this might be a newbie question. Um, you, you, you can just rearrange the boards however you want. It does. It's not like automatically alphabetical or anything like that. Is that right? Right. You can <laughs> put them in any order that you want to. And, you know, every... The key here is that every blog post that you write should have a home on your Pinterest profile. There should be a board there that you can pin it to. So it would kind of correlate maybe to whatever categories you have on right. your blog. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And you don't have to get rid of your board that's dedicated to cute cat pictures or <laughs> something like that. You know me so well. Because <laughs> that makes you unique and it makes you you and it makes you personal. And when somebody comes to your profile, they can see that you're more than just a marketing guru. You're there to interact and and you're a real person too. That's so good. Do you ever you ever listen to the Smart Passive Income podcast with Pat I, I love that yeah. podcast. I always feel so cheesy saying it because it sounds like such a scammy name. 
<laughs> you know, like win a million, make a million dollars in a day. It's that, that kind of name. So I feel funny saying it. So I always have to clarify, but it's really awesome. And he seems really sincere and it's a really great podcast. Um, but he does that at the beginning of every show. He has the announcer say some sort of very random, usually slightly geeky fact about him. And right, I right. think that has so helped because he's gotten so big and he's been so successful, it humanizes him, uh, I think, to people that listen. And so I, that's a that's a great idea. I will keep my cute cat picture board on my Pinterest profile. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You want to look like a real person. Now, if you if you have this board that you haven't pinned to in like four years and it isn't relevant to your brand, then maybe let it go. You know, mm-hmm. you want sometimes it is a good idea to declutter and clean house a little bit when it comes to your profile. But you don't want to look just like a machine. You don't want to look like it's 100% you all the time because right. that's, that's not interesting. Now, is can you have too many boards or is there an ideal number to have or is that irrelevant? You know, my perspective on that is that less is usually better. But the and the reason why is because when somebody comes to your profile and they are scrolling through and they're wanting to see – are they do they want to follow you if you have like 200 250 boards or something that's going to be too overwhelming for me and i'm going i don't want you to be flooding my new stream so i think i'm going to pass typically i would say that less than 100 is really good but then i've seen other people's profiles who have more than 100 boards and they are all really great quality boards and so there isn't necessarily a rule of thumb but my encouragement is always to trim the fat You know, if something isn't working for you, if you're not pinning to it anyway, if it isn't relevant to your brand, or if you're even on a group board that is doing absolutely nothing for you or you've never contributed to, then let that one go. Simplify it a little bit. So how do you find group boards? And then how do you know whether or not they're doing something for you? How do you track that? Well, this would move into the pinning Number three, pinning habits. Okay. Yeah, I planned it like that. I was (laughs) (laughs) So group boards is definitely at the top of my list in terms of developing really good pinning habits. And the way that you can find good group boards is you can do a search on Pinterest for the keyword that you're looking for. And then you just look next to the title of each board for the little three-person icon that tells you that it's a group board. And then you can just contact that person by random and ask them if you can contribute to it. That's a bit of a tedious process. Um, Another really good process would be through your networking groups. Do you have a mastermind group? Do they have any group boards that you could join? What about bloggers that are in your niche maybe that you look up to? Go to their profile, see if they have any good group boards, whether they own them or somebody else owns them, And you can contact them to ask to be joined. You're not going to get on every single one, but if you throw out a wide net, then you're sure to snatch a few. Mm -hmm. So let's say I get on a group board and I start adding stuff to it. Um, How do I know whether I'm getting any sort of return benefit from that? Is there a way to know or is it? Well, when when you go on your profile, if you're looking at your your profile, On the left-hand side, it tells you how many boards you own, it tells you how many pins you have, and it tells you how many pins you've liked. And when you click on the number of pins that you have pinned, you can see 
all of your pins, starting with the most recent ones. And I make a regular habit of going into my profile and checking those and just seeing how my pins have done over the past week. And if there's, and then you can look too and see what boards they were pinned to. So if you see that you're never getting any repins from that board, like they're consistently zero, Mm -hmm. then it's not that great of a board for you. Also too, if you're looking into your analytics on your blog, sometimes you can see, break it down by actual board, actual pins that were driving traffic to your board. And you can pull those up and see, okay, well, this came from this ABC recipe group board. I want to make sure that I keep pinning there. Very cool. I do like stats and that sort of thing where you can really see the the return on the time that you invest in something. That's very cool. Are there any other tools and resources that you use? Or, or I don't want to skip over this. Are there any other pinning habits that are we need to talk about for people well, kind of in my, my skill level on Pinterest? I would say that if you're just starting out with Pinterest and scheduling isn't really an option for you, pin when you have the time to pin, like pin live on Pinterest when you have the time to. And the best times to do that is after the kids go to bed, right? When you have your free time or during nap time. So anytime after 8 p.m., maybe the 2 to 3 o'clock window um, for the afternoon nap time, those are really good times to pin. Um, I would also, if we could just talk for a moment about hashtags on Pinterest. Oh, please. This is a question that I get a lot. Should I be using hashtags? So some facts first about hashtags on Pinterest. The search feature on Pinterest is being used more and more and more. And it makes sense. You know, you have a birthday coming up. You search for a specific birthday idea. So having your pins come up in the search is really important these days. And it is really helpful with driving traffic to your blog. But Pinterest does not wait hashtags versus regular keywords any differently. Hmm. So if you have the word pregnancy in your pin, and then you also add hashtag pregnancy at the end of the description, it doesn't make a difference. So there's no need to add a hashtag just to throw it in there if you're already using that same keyword somewhere in the description. Okay, so it's good to know. Yeah. So that's a fact about, about hashtags. Now, an opinion about (laughs) whether or not you should use hashtags is I think that they come across as less relatable. Hmm. I don't think that the average Pinterest user who is truly pinning something that they want to remember in the future is going to take the time to go in and edit the description so that it has hashtag recipe at the end. So I think it makes you look less relatable and less like a real person if you're using hashtags. And more like you're just trying to get traffic. Exactly. Mm, And I mean, we all are trying to get traffic, but I I just don't, I just don't like them. So I don't use them. So the, the important thing is, is to make sure that your descriptions have the keywords in them that you would want them to have. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't write, you know, chicken hashtag recipe, (laughs) just write chicken (laughs) recipe and that's good enough. Okay. Very cool. And so let's let's give a few um, tidbits to people who are w- way farther along than I am on Pinterest. Um, for somebody who's already on there, maybe they're even scheduling some pins. Um, maybe they're on a group board or two. What are some one or two advanced tips that you would give to really help them get the most bang out of their 
book. Okay. Well, because of the search feature in Pinterest being so important these days, I would highly recommend getting rich pins. And rich pins, you, they look a little bit different when you're scrolling through your newsfeed. They they will have um, the the title like automatically attached to the pin and not just in the description. The little icon for the blog or the website will be there next to it. That's how you can tell if it's a rich pin or not. And the reason why it's important for you to um, ask for rich pins through Pinterest is because they are weighting those more heavily when it comes to the search compared to just regular pins. And the way that you can do that, there's if you have the plugin Yoast for SEO, mm-hmm. then there is a really, really easy way that you can request to have rich pins through Pinterest. If you don't have that, I'm sure that there's other ways to do it, but I've looked into it and it looks so complicated and I'm not really all that techie. So it was way over my head. So I can send you an article that you can include in the show notes if you want on how to set it up if you have the Yoast plugin. But if you don't, I'm sorry. I really don't know how to help you. (laughs) No, that's perfect. And I've heard so, actually, I don't have that plugin, um, but I've heard so much about it. I know it's one that I probably need to add. So That'd be great if you would send that link, and I will include that in the show notes for everyone. Um, well, I'd love to take a little bit of a look behind the scenes. Um, tell me a little bit about you and your family and what a typical blogging family day looks like for you. Sure. Well, um, I have two children. I have a daughter who just turned five and a son who is two and a half. And so I have been blogging since... 2009, so almost five years. I started after my daughter was born. She was three months old when I first started. And the reason why I started is because I have a bit of an extrovert personality and I really missed talking to all of my coworkers because I chose to stay home. And I was like, I need to be able to tell people (laughs) all these thoughts that are in my head. So let me get it out there. And I never in my life imagined that earning money through my blog, getting paid for page views, ads, things like that. That was not possible. I mean, that's stuff that like other people did, but there was no way that that was actually going to happen to me. So, you know, about three years into my blogging journey, it started happening for me. And I feel like I'm still kind of in this place of transition where I'm trying to figure out what it means to get paid for my blog and what it means to be more of a work-at-home mom than a stay-at-home mom. That's a great question. Yeah, and trying to balance that and trying Mm -hmm. to decide if I want to be a work-at-home mom and how much work to take on. So that's been an interesting journey for me and something that I'm currently um, delving more and more into. Um, Because the way it is right now is I pretty much blog when my children are are asleep. So nap time and quiet time. So for maybe about two hours during the day, and that isn't all necessarily blog time, but I have about two hours in the middle of the day and then I'll work on it after the kids are in bed at night. Uh, So how many hours per week would you say that you, you spend on blogging and or Pinterest consulting altogether? Well, it can really vary because, you know, real life or (laughs) This is my real life. I shouldn't say it that way. But, you know, the little people in my home can sometimes make a big difference in that. Yes. But I would say that it could be, I I could spend three hours a day. So 
whatever that math is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wouldn't say that I'm always hitting like 20 hours a week. I mean, that sounds like a lot. Um, but sometimes, you know, you're doing things and it's just fun or it's just kind of tedious, mindless stuff while you're watching something on TV and it doesn't always feel like it's work. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. So I, I want to ask one more question uh, going back to, or actually I have two more questions, but going back to what I was talking about earlier, what are, um, what are some of your favorite tools and resources? And don't, you don't necessarily have to just limit it to Pinterest. It can really be anything with blogging. I know your time is limited. And so you probably try to maximize that. Uh, are there websites maybe starting off with Pinterest related ones, but then expanding to anything that might be your favorite? Yeah, well, Ahology, like I said, is really been, it has really transformed the way that I blog and the way that I use Pinterest. And I, I do need to warn your listeners that right now you can apply, but you have to sign up for their waiting list. Um, I actually spoke to somebody from Ahology just this week, and she's hoping that possibly by Halloween they'll be able to start adding more people again. But there there is a wait list there. Okay. Um, so Ahology is really big for me. Uh, Facebook groups and connecting with my mastermind group on Facebook is so huge for me. Um, I can't imagine blogging without my mastermind group. I just adore them all so much. And along with that, uh, Voxer, the app Voxer. I love Voxer. I, I adore Door Voxer. And it's even been helpful with my Pinterest clients too, that there are some times where it feels like to be able to explain all of the ins and outs of things would just take so long to type out mm -hmm. that I can just go on Voxer and send them a quick two-minute message and I've explained everything that I need to say in terms of helping them out with their strategy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have to say Voxer is my favorite. When Apple came out with the update and you could then leave voice messages for people. I was like, oh no, is this the end of Voxer? But then I tried it and it's definitely not. So I, Voxer is just so easy and it's such a fun way, especially uh, for those, you know, of us who have kids when we never know when we're going to be <laughs> interrupted by something or someone. Uh, it's just so, it's such a great way to be able to quickly communicate something via voice, but not have to get back to people right away you know it's not like your exactly. kids I don't know about you but my kids the phone to my ear is a magnet for their mouth to open and start moving oh yeah I don't know what it is <laughs> but um yeah so Voxer has been huge for me I, as well I have had to warn my clients that my children sometimes play with my phone and if you get a message from a little person <laughs> I apologize <laughs> that's so classic now if you had to start your online thing all over again tomorrow or for specifically, you know, for somebody who's listening, who is thinking about starting a blog, what advice would you give them and or what would you have done? What would you do differently if you're starting tomorrow? Well, this kind of goes back to what I said a little bit in my blogging story of I started my blog and I never thought that it could turn into something of any kind of significance. And I would say blog like you're already significant. Mm. Like, it doesn't matter how many readers you have because the chances are is that you're already impacting even just the small crowd that has gathered. And so if you already own your awesome and rock out your awesome in your little blog and have confidence, I think it can only, it can only just perpetuate and move you forward so much more and put you in a better spot. 
That's great. Yeah. One of my blogging friends, um, Diana, she has told me before to to act bigger than what you are. Mm. And that's something that I have personally struggled with for a while is I feel like sometimes my my blog, I might be acting smaller <laughs> than I am. Um, and I just think, yeah, just own your awesome and and act like you're already significant. Not in a cocky way. Right. Right. But just that you have an impact. It doesn't matter like how how small you are. I I wrote some blog posts um just like 5 months into my blogging journey that are the most popular posts on my blog. And I had like less than 20 people reading my blog at that time. I this is kind of a side tangent and I apologize. No, but we I love just side tangents. I just released an ebook that is geared to that specific audience that keeps coming back to those blog posts that were written at the very beginning of my journey. And it's not even something that I blog about on a regular basis, but it was so significant to those people and it fit this need. You know, you mm-hmm. you don't have to wait to be big to start making an impact. That's just, that's great advice. I, I, I like to use the phrase, fake it till you make it. Um, oh, yeah. Because I think more often than not, we underestimate what we are capable of and and the impact that we're having, uh, and Most so definitely. and so when you when you own your awesome, you're actually really just stepping into the reality of the impact that you're making online. I think that's I think that's a great point because then once you walk in that confidence, you're going to make bigger choices and do harder things and ask you know for bigger you know ask for bigger interviews from somebody or ask for to guest post on a bigger blog because you're confident in what you're doing so i think that's a great tip for people just starting out or people who are stuck so thank you for sharing that my mastermind group and i we are always saying <laughs> hashtag own your awesome or <laughs> own the awesome all the time this is like our own personal motto own the awesome anytime something fantastic happens or if we or even if we start to doubt something and somebody says rebecca hashtag own the awesome you can do it <laughs> i think we need to see t-shirts of that. oh, oh totally we've talked that. about it. it would be wonderful we would love it hashtag own the awesome for the win <laughs> Well, let me know when those are out. We will mention those on How They Blog because I think that's a great T-shirt. Usually T-shirts are all about, you know, some silly thing or I'm so cool because I have this. I love the idea of a hashtag that actually encourages people who see it. So that's very cool. Um, Well, Rebecca, will you tell us um, anywhere else you want us to find you online? I already mentioned your blog, Simply Rebecca with an H. Maybe you want to spell all that for us. Um, And where else we can find you. Yeah, my name Rebecca is not spelled the most typical way. It's R E B E K A H. And I am simply Rebecca just about everywhere Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You look for me, I'm there. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate the uh, Pinterest insight that you've given us. I, I took a full page of notes. I actually had to start writing really smart, small because I ran <laughs> out of room. So um, I'm, I'm excited to put some of this to, to use. So thank you okay. for being with well, us today. I will be following you to track your progress on Pinterest. I, I'll be looking for some. I'll be looking for some pins tonight from you. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I'll implement it. In a week. Okay, now I have the pressure. No, that's good. That's good. I'm going to do this because Pinterest, I've seen the benefits of it. So own your awesome cat. Own my awesome. Okay, I'll do it. So everybody, check my Pinterest profile. 
I think it's, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Maybe I should put it in the show notes. There and you, you go. guys can all keep me accountable as to whether or not I did anything on it. So perfect, perfect. And can you like, at, normally I'll say um, at the end of a podcast, um, you know, take a picture and hashtag it on Instagram or something. Can people connect on Pinterest? <laughs> I'm so ignorant. <laughs> Um, I, okay, so I think that you can send pins to people, like, as a message. Okay, that might be too complicated. I, I haven't actually done it myself, but I'm pretty sure that's a feature. You can send people a pin. Okay, well, we'll just all look out for each other's pins, and if I can figure out a way for all of us to help each other, then I will let you know. So, perfect. Well, <laughs> Rebecca, thank you for putting up with my Pinterest um, bumbling today. And I know that you've helped so many people and shared some great info. So thank you for doing that. Well, thank you, Kaz. Been fun to be here. All right. Well, you have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for this episode of the How They Blog podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You know, I'd love to know how I can help you. My goal for this show is to help you build a blog that makes a difference. You have words and wisdom that others need to hear, and it's my job to help you spread your message. So if you have any ideas, suggestions, or questions for me, just head over to howtheyblog.com, click the contact button, and send me an email. I would love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode and you want to share the love, I'd appreciate it if you'd leave a rating or a review on iTunes. If you don't know how to do that, just visit howtheyblog.com forward slash love, and I'll show you how. As always, for all the show notes, more interviews, and other resources to help you grow your blog, head over to howtheyblog.com. And until next time, this is Kat Lee, and you've been listening to the How They Blog podcast.